Welcome to a land of magical ales. Welcome to a universe of booze galore. Welcome to a world of capes and cocktails. Welcome to liquor and lore. I don't ever remember a time when Earth, Mars, and the Belt weren't weren't fighting. The sides change sometimes. What we think we're fighting for, who we tell ourselves are the good people. But it just seems we can't ever stop fighting war after war after war after war after war. It's part of being human, an ugly part, but I don't think it'll ever change. Technology certainly hasn't changed. Guns, rail guns, nuclear bombs, no weapon ever brings peace. And that's by Naomi from The Expanse. All right. Yeah. We're finally doing an Expanse episode. What's she talking about? I haven't watched the show. I don't know what the hell she's talking uh, about. She's talking about war in general. She's talking about war. Yeah. War never changes. Is that yeah. what she was basically saying? Basically. Kind of. And yeah. Humanity never changes. And war they always changes. go to war. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you are. Earth, Mars, Jupiter, an asteroid. The belt. Somewhere else that's not even at your ear. I got but welcome, welcome, Liquor and Lore! Welcome to Liquor and Lore! Yeah, cheers! Cheers! Hmm. Good to see you all. Good to hear it from everybody. Ah, we are your hosts. I am Sam. I'm Chad. I'm Marty. AKA Keith the Tuzzlin'. <laughs> Sorry, we've been. Keeper Tuzzlin'. Keeper Tuzzlin'. Marty is Keeper Tuzzlin'. Sorry, we've been drinking beforehand, so. Yeah, this is the first one we've ever started. Drunk. Tipsy. Yeah, this eh, is drunk be, is probably Drunk is probably yeah. closer, yeah. Should we tell them where we were? Yeah, well, so if you go look at our Instagram, we actually, we discovered a, this bottle of it was magic. whiskey. Yeah. It Never was heard magic. of the brand before. We were just, you know, taking a trot around the woods in like negative 10 degree weather and magically stumbled on this bottle. And it's not just a bottle. It's not just a bottle. It was a bottle of Jameson whiskey. Which I don't know. I've never heard of it before, so it felt more magical. Well, I was excited to try it. Yeah. Something that comes from the ground is natural. Yeah. Built from the, the earth, earth. The earth grew it. The earth grew it, and we get to drink it? Yeah. Damn. Who would have thought? I don't know. It was nice. It was really nice. We sat in the woods. We, we drank it. If you want to check us out on Instagram, there's a nice little picture of it. You can check out the bottle, so you can go and buy that specific bottle of whiskey if you ever get a chance. It was cold as hell. It was cold as hell. It was very cold. But it was fun. We just found it on the ground. Yeah. But, to go into the episode, a uh, couple questions slash corrections from the last episode. Oh. Uh, so we were wondering what's Disney's first R-rated movie. Um, the first R-rated movie by Disney was Down and Out in Beverly Hills in 1986. And their specific studio that was for R-rated movies is Touchstone. Oh. Which doesn't exist anymore. But that was what they put the R-rated movies in. Um, a correction from the last one, we were talking about love, uh, the love, death, and robots, but I said love, sex, and robots, but it's actually love, death, and robots. Oh, sex. Uh, but there's a lot of sex in it, too, so I mean, like, you know, works. potato, potato, tomato, tomato, whatever you want. Patootie. Patootie, tatootie? No, don't be ridiculous. Ratatouille? <laughs> no. Uh, and then we were, we were figuring out who played the first modern Hulk, and it was Eric Bana played Bruce Banner. In uh, the Modern Hulk movie, the first Modern Hulk movie. It depresses um, me every time we go through this stuff because I remember vaguely. one of every three <laughs> <Yeah>. topics that <laughs> you mentioned. So it's fun to go over again. <laughs> <laughs> but we also got a couple questions from some listeners. Who's writing in? I don't understand. <laughs> some listeners. 
Is we just de- you? No, we definitely don't know them. It's not me, and we definitely don't know them. I don't know Do them. We know them. We know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first question, this is for you, Marty, specifically. Oh, uh, no. Alex asks you, uh, WoW is one of your favorite fandoms. Is there any specific piece of lore that you like? And also, are you Horde or Alliance? Um, I am Horde. Uh, for starters, I mess around with the Alliance every now and then, but it never really feels like home to me. Uh, so I'm Horde. Um, oh man, as far as the lore goes, I don't know, Alex. I think I'll need to think on this a little bit, and maybe I'll share at some random point in the episode. That's really an inappropriate time to share, but I think <laughs> I'll think on this a little bit. Inappropriate times during the episode are... I mean, that's what we're built on. Well, maybe we right. should just do a WoW episode, because yeah, I don't should. know anything about WoW. Oh, man. Yeah. I would love you can get Alex on as a guest star. That sounds great. They did, like, a whole... There was, like, a whole uh, WoW lore, like, uh, I don't even know what to call it, like, videos that they made for specifically for WoW. So, like, that's huh. definitely we could, something we could do off, like, make an episode off of. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and our next question comes from Old King Fanboy 57 69. Who is this? Just a listener. <laughs> uh, should Marvel make more R-rated movies? If yes, why? And if no, why not? Ooh. I'm going to go with no. Really? Yeah. Okay. And why? I think they do a good job at pandering to kids. Okay. Teenagers and adults. Okay. I don't think they have to, like, within their timeline... There's no reason for them to go into R-rated except for Deadpool because it has already been it's made basically, as R-rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to make it R-rated. I don't yeah. think there's a reason to touch over into that, especially if it d- deals with their universe, because kids aren't going to watch that. That's fair. And this is for kids as much as it is for sure. For adults. sure. I, I yeah. don't think that's really Wanda fair. WandaVision especially. Yeah. If, it, if that's yeah. an example. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess, assuming kids watch WandaVision, that doesn't... I don't know if I would watch True. WandaVision as a kid. Right. So right. I don't know. I guess with that, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go know. with no, essentially. I don't know if I'm going into a superhero movie, like, not just ex- not expecting, but, like, not really wanting R-rated content. Like, I don't know. Right. That's not, like, why, like, I'm watching one. I wouldn't dislike it, depending on the superhero. Like, I guess like it, it was cool. It was cool that they made Deadpool unique, where it was super gory and, yeah. like, funny and raunchy and stuff, but I don't need that out of the Marvel yeah. Universe. I would say, I would say, I would say it depends on the character. Because I, I, mean, I think, like, like... I would watch, like, an R-rated, like, Daredevil, like, movie. Right, R-rated Daredevil Punisher, cool. R-rated Punisher would be... R-rated would Punisher be just cool. makes sense. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, Logan was R-rated, and that was one of the best superhero movies, yeah. superhero movies I've ever seen, but Logan as an R-rated character makes a lot of sense. So, like, I think it depends on the character and also kind of, like, how the story meshes in with the rest of everything so i think it's i guess it depends on what they're trying to do like if they want to keep everything in the universe it's just not an r-rated right yeah but deadpool is definitely one of those situations you can't make a deadpool movie without it being right it it just doesn't work that was not a definitive answer from any of us (laughs) not really yeah i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna say no like i don't think so fair enough i mean it's worked so far and i've loved everything so far yeah most, mostly everything. Yeah. So moving on, we've got some news. Uh, Blade has gotten its writer. Um, it will be written well, Blade, by hand. Blade should be R rated. Right, right. Okay, I will. Right. Well, the original Blades were R rated, weren't they? I don't know. I think if they not, were. this one should be. 
Yeah. I, I think I think that's 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 an R-rated one I would see. Yeah. For sure. But uh, it's going to be written by Stacy Osai Kafur. Uh, she is known for her writing on the latest Watchmen series and Pen Fifteen. The original Blade was rated R. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then other news: Godzilla versus Con trailer came out. Uh, honestly, people like if you go in there, if you go into those movies just being like, "I'm going to go see some monsters fight each other," you're going to have a great time. Have you watched Godzilla? Oh yeah, I love it. So I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like I just. A little drunk. <laughs> I watched it, and I was like, I went into it with that mindset of like, I don't really care what the plot line is specifically. Right. Right. Give me some cool monsters fighting, mm-hmm. and it was very worthwhile. Like, it got me excited for the uh, Congress. Which is exactly how it should be. I mean, I because I just watched the second Godzilla, the like King of Monsters. I think. Oh, that's called. what I'm talking. Okay, about. that's yeah, what yeah, I just yeah. watched recently too, and I was like, yeah, this movie's not like a fantastic movie, but it's cool as hell because I'm just watching these, like, massive monsters just yeah. fighting each other no, over the Los Angeles. No, the plot itself was kind of shit, but there was yeah. uh, Tywin Lannisters in it from yeah. Game of Thrones. I was like, where did you come Charles from? Charles Dance. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. He's I love that dude. intimidating. He's so good. Uh, other news, that one some of the biggest news this week, Gina Carano, a.k.a. Cara Dune, was fired by Lucasfilms for her uh, tweets. You know what they say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I mean, it's one of those scenes like, just shut the fuck up, don't say anything. Like, why are you, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I guess if... I'm not going to miss her. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, I don't, like, whatever. The character like, was decently cool because, yeah. like, the character was but, badass. But, like, she but... was a dick, so, like, why am yeah. I going to give, you know... We're not trying to get political on this, but I don't know. It's. It I'm was not a, sad about it. Right. <clears throat> Marty, what do you think? I think um, my favorite bit of World of Warcraft lore is <laughs> the. I really love the night. I like the Nightborns story. They were introduced in the second, the third to last expansion. Um, the Nightborns were like used to be night elves, and they basically got like isolated in this like protective like bubble, and they got starved of like their natural magic source, so they had to turn like demonic magics. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I like anything involving like the fell, like. Gul'dan. I love whole Gul'dan and all the fell orcs and all that stuff. Um, I also love the mechanomes and their like obsession over the curse of the flesh and they need to rid themselves of the curse of the flesh, perfect themselves through mechanic means. I think all that stuff's pretty cool. Um, Dude, how do they bring all this shit into a game? I don't understand. It's a massive well, 16 MMORPG. years. They've had 16 years. Well, that's just 16 but years But what do of you WoW. do? They've I don't like... get... Like, what is the goal of WoW? You make character... And you level that character up through... It's difficult now. So now they have it set up where, like, because there's been so many different, like, additions to the game, now when you make your character, you can choose which, like, timeline you want to go into. Like, oh which, my like, God. time period. And then once you get to that end, once you level up your character, you then go into the current storyline, which right now is... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's just like a long soap opera at this point. So it's been is... this continuing story. But are you saying, like, people, like, just hop into the story? Like, is the story continuing, like, with people online hopping into the story? Or are you just, like, on your own server with people where the story is, like, continuing yeah. with your party and only Right, your party? okay. So they have, so every, so every, every update, there's, like, a, there's, like, a current, like, there's, like, a current situation, basically. Like, there's a current present time that... Is established by the game makers and you're playing you can play in that present time 
Or you can go back in time and play some of the old content. But, like, there's always a current version of the game that you can hop into. But you can also go back and play all the old content as well. Like, right. I, I, guess it's, I guess it's more like, like a big... It's, it's basically like a book, and you can just choose what chapter you want to hop in on. But, you know, I could decide, okay, I want to play chapters two through four... But I could also, if I want, fast forward to the current page we're on. So you can be on, like, the, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, the cutting edge of what's happening now. Yes. And the cutting edge is all of the new content. If you're not playing the cutting edge stuff, you're just doing old content. Yeah. Sometimes you can still do the old content and unlock, like, different pieces of armor and, like, mounts. Like, different, like, shit for your character that you couldn't get normally in the current content. Damn. That sounds extensive. It's very extensive. Yeah, it it's, sounds like, it sounds like we're about to make like a 20-part episode. Just about <laughs> yeah, Warcraft. it deserves its own episode. But uh, hey, any listeners, if you ever want to play World of Warcraft um, with your podcast host Marty here, just uh, let me know. Yeah, mes- <laughs> me- message us on Instagram or Twitter or email us for uh, Marty's, is it character tag, gamer tag? Yeah, I'll just drop it right now. It is, um... oh, hang on, one second. While Marty figures that out, <laughs> some more news. Uh, my favorite news of the week, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Ramsey? Ramsey? Bella Ramsey. <laughs> A.K.A. Oberyn Martell and uh, Liana Mormont yeah, are, I got it. were just casted as Ellie and Joel for The Last of Us series on HBO. I don't know much about The Last of oh, Us. Oh, I'm so bummed out that neither of you do. I know. I need a, I need a PlayStation. It's... It's, 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 this is awesome news because Pedro Pascal is kind of awesome, and then also Bella Ramsey as Liana Marmont yeah. is fucking sick. Man. So this is awesome news. I mean, there's a lot of good things about this series. Is the writers from Chernobyl are writing it. The casting has already been great. It's on HBO, which I always have faith in HBO. Yeah. So there's a lot of things lining up. Well. <laughs> as we say for Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But very exciting news, Marty. You said you have the gamer tag for that. Yes, I do. It is Kazan. VIP number 1501. That is Kazan, K E Z A N, VIP, VIP, number 1501. <laughs> so, if you, want, if you want to play World of Warcraft and Marty, uh. Thanks for spelling I, I out did. VIP. I, yeah, don't, you, I needed that. Yeah. You know what? I bet. I mean, World of Warcraft players out needed. there, and that based off of that uh, gamer tag. And then we might post, we might, we'll probably post that on our social media just to make sure you know have a written down version. So, but uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. join Don't Marty on Wow. Uh, some other news that we have: uh, a Borderlands movie is being made, which this was new news to me this week, which is why I put this in there. But I don't know when this was announced. Can I ask a? a- Probably a sad question. Please do. What is Borderlands? Borderlands is another video game. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty you sure it's on a, it's on Xbox. I don't and know Borderlands. I honestly I don't know a lot about Borderlands because I didn't play Borderlands. Yeah. I I played like a little bit of Borderlands three, but I don't know a lot about it. All I know is that there's a Borderlands movie being made. It's directed by Eli Roth, so it's going to be a bloodbath. Cool. And then the cast is already stacked. Jamie Lee Curtis, Kate Blanchett, Jack Black, and Kevin Hart have all been casted for this movie. Um, who Jamie what Lee? Is- Curtis. Oh, sorry. Curtis. Curtis. I thought Jamie... Kurt... What are you trying to say? I got something to say. Yeah, what's up? What's up? So I just looked at Instagram. You posted uh, a picture of (laughs) upcoming Marvel movies. Yeah. 
That was like what's last. Up, have you guys seen it? What's up with the Hawkeye font? What do you mean? What, what's bad it looks about like, it? Look at the Hawkeye font. It looks like it should be like a romantic comedy or something. It doesn't look like a superhero <laughs> font. You see that? I kind of see where you're... It looks uh, bad. It looks stupid. That's not like a, that's not a Hawkeye font. I look at that and I think like... Yeah, I don't think superhero movie. Look at that. Font. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I'm not bothered by it, but I can Wait, see where you're coming from. Wait, what do you say it looks like? Like to a romantic me, comedy. Oh, to me, it looks like a comedy. Pixar. It looks like a or Pixar, Pixar movie. movie. Yeah, it looks like something like. You're right. You're right. Pixar is better. That's you're right. It looks more like a Pixar movie. Huh? Why does Hawkeye have a lowercase h? Yeah, There's I don't me. know. They made that look kind of stupid. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about it, but that that's, does make a lot really of sense. Dumb. It kind of seems kind of funky. Anyway. Oh, hopefully it's a cool series, though. I hope it is cool, because they made Hawkeye cool for the first time ever in Endgame, so I hope <laughs> they kind of keep that going. But Yeah, they made him cool out of nowhere. <laughs> but uh, our final piece of news, and I specifically picked this piece of news because I think it's relevant to the content that we're talking about today. Jeff Bezos stepped down, steps down as CEO of Amazon to focus on other projects. What? As in, as in though, yeah. one of his projects is his Blue Origin spaceship company, and I think that this whole spaceship company is inspired by his favorite television show, The Expanse. The Expanse. Can oh I God. just throw Which in there real quick? <laughs> how, like, I'm really happy the time we're growing up in because we have a lot of technology and it's right. been really, really cool. The day I die. I think the biggest regret I'm going to have is that I did not live long enough to be able to travel through the solar system. Right. Like, it's going to happen at some yeah. point in time. Yeah. I'm not going to be alive for it, and I'm pissed about that. Yeah. And reading The Expanse has only made me more angry about the about fact traveling that I'm through. not going to be able to do it. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. Mm. My thing is, is I'm kind of pissed off that it's probably going to be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos that figures it out. Yeah, yeah. That's what rich people do, man. I know, but you've got Elon Musk who straight up wants to be like the evil overlord of just the galaxy. Well, dude, that's he just bought a bunch of Bitcoin because he wants to make Bitcoin like the real currency. But that's a big part of the expanse. Is <laughs> true, true. Rich people do shit. They're shitty yeah. people most of the time. Yeah. Not always, most of the time. Yeah, and sometimes it it. it it continues technology. You I know? I mean, if I'm going to pick one or the other, I hope it's Elon Musk and not Jeff Bezos. I don't know that I have a preference. Jeff Bezos is just a terrible person. I mean, Elon Musk is not that much better, but Jeff Bezos, I don't know. <laughs> we'll be dead anyways. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> what but, are we drinking today, though? Oh, we're drinking Manhattans today. Manhattans. We're going classic Manhattans. Is this a fucking Ooh. olive in here? No, it's a mar- maraschino cherry. Oh, it's a maraschino cherry. Look, sorry, maraschino Chad. cherry. I don't know. It looked like an olive. Look at an olive in the Manhattan, dude. Dude, I am not a bartender. I don't know. <laughs> I sit here and talk about drink. talk about sci-fi. <laughs> but uh, the Manhattan, if you'd like to make it, it is two ounces of rye or bourbon. Uh, I went with bourbon for this one. An Pop ounce, an olive in. An ounce of vermouth. Don't put an olive in. <laughs> uh, a couple, a little bit of dash of bitter, bitters. Stir it up Bears. with ice. <laughs> Strain it. Pour <laughs> in uh, top of the maraschino cherry. A nice. Marash- maraschino, maraschino cherry. A Luxardo maraschino cherry. <laughs> Dude, quit making up words. Just put I, can't, in front of cherry. I can't talk already. I gotta talk this whole episode and I'm too drunk to do it already. So have fun with this one, peoples. Lacorn and lore. Lacorn and lore. Lacorn and lore. Have you had corn your lacorn? <laughs> but before we start the episode, we're gonna take a small break. 
What's that? <laughs> Chad farted. <laughs> oh my. Are you highly driven? Have a love for trees and think the earth kind of sucks? If you answered yes to these questions, Mars wants you. You're the kind of character that can get Mars where it needs to be. So get on over here. Yeah. And welcome back. And welcome back. So, uh, before we start, we're going to take a shot of this magical bottle that we found in the woods. Uh, it's Jameson checking out, so uh, cheers. Wow. That's good. <sighs> Tastes like the earth. How did they grow that? I don't know. The woods is a magical place. Good God. Especially when there's snow. Mm. It makes it yep. so crisp. So crisp. Quite crisp. <laughs> so today, I'm sure you've... Uh, so we're finally going to be talking about something that we've talked about in every single episode that we've done so far, The Expanse. I love this book series. Oh, man. The TV show is also fantastic. I, I, I mean... I think the TV show is decent. Yeah. I think the book series is great. That's fair. That's fair. After reading the first book, I like yeah, the first book I, a lot the better. TV the TV show is just a little too corny for me at times. However... Yeah. I've been pretty hooked. Like yeah. I've been going through it quite yeah. quickly because I, I the the plot it's just is great still content, good. Yeah. man. It's, yeah, it's very very good. I'm very. And it gets good. better as it goes along. It so really if you does. start the show, just give it a little bit of time. Yeah. Like it's gotten a lot better as it goes on. Look past the fact that it's done by sci-fi. Look past the corniness. Just look at the actual story itself, and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. And for a small part, I would say that about the book too. Like there. Yeah. The book. It's a bit tropey. It's a bit tropey at times. Yeah. But the story is so cool. It is very and good. the universe itself within it is really cool. Yeah. Like the idea of it is amazing. Coming out of the fact that it's like real world, kind of like matching like real world science with like real world right. history going into it. Yeah. And I guess this is a good time to like the stories for each book, they do lead into something else, but each yeah. book is so contained to itself. They do a really good job of that and Sometimes, like, you have to go and, you have to accept that as a part of the series, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, with Game of Thrones, yeah, the story's, like, within the book itself, but you're always looking to the next part. Yeah, yeah. And there's also so much more surrounding the story itself. With this, each book is very self-contained, but it leads into the next self-contained book. Right. Which I really enjoy. It feels kind of like, and this sounds sort of bad but it's it feels kind of like going back to series that you would read when you were younger yeah where like there isn't so much complexity complexity and and all that it's it's been relaxing right like i read it's a very linear story you're like this is the story (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. you're not having to focus on like a hundred different characters and and you're not sitting there making like five thousand different theories about what's going on you just get these characters and who they are in mm-hmm. this one specific story during this book. Yep. And you get to enjoy it. And it's awesome. With space. And it's an awesome story. Yeah. 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 So we can continue on now, but I yeah. just had to throw that out there. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I, no, that was a great way to open, the, open <laughs> this content, honestly. But uh, the ex- So we're talking about the Expanse universe itself. Um there's going to be spoilers in this. We're going to be probably bringing up some shit from the show, the the books. We're going to be bringing up 
like it's going to be mainly uh, so, an overview. So, an overview of the Expanse universe. We're going to be talking about the books themselves, but this is right now kind of like the opening to that. Again, there will be spoilers, but there's not going to be hardcore spoilers of the book or the TV show. Which I guess we'll say I we should explain our experience with all this. I've read yes. six of the books. I'm about to start the seventh. I've watched most up until most of season four of the show. Yeah, you're the Amazon series part now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have, I have watched the whole series and I've read book one. And Marty, you've watched the first episode of the series, but nothing that, more. That's it. Yeah. yeah, Marty has only experienced SpaceX. <laughs> just I'm SpaceX. just here to learn. I'm here to learn more about the Expanse because my one coworker keeps on saying, "Hey, you gotta watch the Expanse," and I tell him, "Yeah, I'll get around to it." And Your coworker's I just right. Never gotten around to it. Ah, Your see, man, I'm, right. I'm, I'm saying you need to read the Expanse. Yeah, that's true. And watch yeah, he'd it. probably think he. I don't know how he'd feel about that. I mean, he might well, think I'm trying pretty to be cool. better than him or something. <laughs> if you just one of them and read it. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, to start off with our content, uh, The Expanse is written by James S.A. Corey, which I'm very embarrassed to admit I only found it as a pen name for two different people. You just found that I out? I found that out, like, probably two weeks ago. Damn. I had no idea that it was written by, and I'm embarrassed even a minute, but it's written <sighs> by Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. Uh, the Expanse series actually started out as an RPG game. That was oh, the original what? plan for it, and both of them were friends, and they started looking. They were looking at the story, and they were like, "Oh, we have an entire world. Let's just add some characters and make an entire book about it." Huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. And now we have the expanse. I, I kind of hope that they come out. Yeah, I hope they come out with the game. Uh, but we're gonna start with this series from way, 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 way back in the past. I mean, we're talking about How two billion back? years. About two billion years in the past. Two billion long, years, long, long, Marty. long time. Two billion. So damn. Somewhere. Marty. Two, so, billion two billion years. That's a long time. It's a long fucking time. Marty. Two billion. Two but, billion years. Okay, we're going to jump in. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to jump into the Expanse universe. So, we're starting off with two billion years in the past with the Ring Builders. Uh, the Ring Builders are an alien race somewhere in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, they achieved space flight at some point, and then also uncovered wormhole physics. Now, throughout this episode, we are going to be talking about physics. On a very surface level, because I tried to learn as much physics as possible before we did this episode. Oh. <laughs> but I'm dumb. I cannot figure out yeah. the physics. This is a lot of shit. But So wormhole physics, to give you a very quick overview of wormhole physics, is the idea of connecting two points very far away and kind of bending space and time to a point where they are so close that we can transport between them. So it's almost teleportation, but more of like a gateway to another place. So, Marty, do you want to give us the the movie explanation of this? Ah, yes. I saw a movie one time. I think it was Interstellar. (laughs) It was definitely Interstellar. (laughs) I was trying to explain wormholes. I took a piece of paper... And on one end of the paper, he wrote A, and the other end, he wrote point B. And he said, you could just draw a straight line, and you could go between point A and point B. Or, and he folded the paper to have point A and B on top of each other, and, and then poked a hole. stuck puck a hole through it. So that's basically what it is. That's what I'm Do like either a sheet of, of you paper know? is like space-time, <clears throat> and you can like fold space-time to like go through the paper. Instead of so, crossing. 
like that idea uh, clearly it's just like a a theory right like we wouldn't know yes it's theoretical like space time doesn't really it's, fold but, okay, does but, it well so here so it's way over my head i don't know yeah. I, I okay really so don't know sure. so it's it's definitely theoretical but the so the argument is so when einstein was coming up with this and i please give me a break on this cuz i'm not 100% <laughs> about it but the way that it, that it was like a, there was like an old slate where the idea was is that nothing could bend space and time. So the objects in space and time could not bend it at all. Okay. But the new idea is that objects in space and time can actually bend or the objects in space can bend time and space itself. Which is what we again saw in Interstellar where they're up the against black the black hole yes. and they're losing years. And that's how black holes happen is at one point a a, an object in space is compressed so much that Super it dense. bends space and time so much that it creates a black hole. But to continue <laughs> into the Expanse universe to get before we get way too deep into this, uh, so they uncover so these uh, the builders uncovered wormhole physics and they created an interstellar ring network that connected planetary systems across the Milky Way galaxy. So just to go back, who are the builders? The Builders are an ancient alien civilization that we don't really know much about other than from the Expand series they created the proto-molecule, which we are going to get into in two seconds. And they kind of used this proto-molecule to create this ring network that connected multiple systems within the within the Milky Way galaxy. So, like, the Sol system, the Laconian system. like Which, the Sol system would be our system. That, the Sol system idea. is our system, and yep. then there's massive, there's a lot of other systems out there within the Milky Way galaxy. And they created this in a way to connect all of these systems together. Okay. Um, so, when they, so, after this happened, they sent uh, Phoebe which is an a-, a real asteroid in our universe, but in this universe, it is an, uh, an asteroid that was sent to Earth with the protomolecule. Didn't quite make it to Earth, though. Didn't quite make... It did not make it to Earth. Uh, it was caught up by Saturn's gravity, and, gr- and Saturn's gravity caught it, and now it is now orbiting Saturn. Which is a pretty real thing in our universe right. that jupiter and saturn i believe catch a lot of shit that all the would time. be flying towards they have us, a massive is... gravitational pull. right it's cool that yeah. they threw that in there it's like yeah. uh, what saved earth from the this one, the one thing is is that a lot the, so with the book a lot they or in the show they debate with the fact was this was this civilization trying to connect earth with the ring network or were they trying to obliterate earth because the protomolecule it has the ability to radically infect life forms and kind of change their kind of genetic makeup in a bad way, but it, and but also it creates this insane network that the earth, that the Earth eventually was, is able to connect so with the other people. Book, from what I remember, it's yeah. been a while since I've been on book one, but yeah. I have never, I don't remember that question ever really being a thing. So. Okay, so that's why I brought out because book one is what I just finished. Yeah. But in book one, they talk about is this was this an attack? Uh, okay. Or was this a way for them to reach out to gotcha. us and be like, "Do you want to connect?" Gotcha. So it's still kind of up in the air, but the proto molecule was so volatile that there was really no way for the human. If it did land on Earth, which at the time would have been during prehistorical times, so like. We're talking about like cavemen and dinosaurs. And oh, shit. I think we're talking about when humans were like bacteria I, still. Potentially, two billion, yeah. Two billion years ago is like jellyfish. Oh, yeah. Well then, yeah. Yeah. So they could have. I, I mean, potentially, potentially it would have either just wiped out humans before they even started, or it would have created their own race in the beginning. Right. So, but that's the thing. We're not really sure what it actually could have been, or what it was, or what they were actually planning. But 
We really don't know because eventually the ring builders were actually annihilated by an un- another unknown alien civilization, which we know absolutely nothing about in the books or show at this point. Right. So within the Expanse universe, we're talking about the ring builders yeah. who created this proto-molecule yep. a long, 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 long time ago. Yep. Within the idea of the Expanse universe, we don't quite know what the ring is. We know yeah. that it's a wormhole that they create that the characters in the Expanse all have to deal with within yeah. their own stories. Yeah. So these people who build those rings before the ring ever comes to the soul system and wakes up have sent a asteroid towards Earth to try to co-op yeah. whatever is going on in Earth. Right. So now we have the story starting with... Phoebe being on Saturn, yeah, are orbiting. We're gonna get to the start of the story. I'm just trying to do it. I know. I know. I'm trying to do a good. We're gonna get there. Yeah. So right now, where we're at, Saturn has caught Phoebe in its gravitational pull. That's where we're at right now. But we're gonna get to the full Phoebe part in a little bit. That's fine. I'm. I was trying to do it. (laughs) It's confusing. I know. Marty, do you have any questions right now? So far, no. I didn't get it. There's aliens that once visit Earth. I'm assuming they are going to have some kind of important role in the show. Well, they didn't visit Earth yet. They tried to visit Earth, kind of. Well, they didn't even try to. They tried to to launch a a, thing, a weapon at Earth, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, but it's debatable if it's a weapon or not. But Phoebe was the weapon. Phoebe carried the weapon, so Phoebe was an asteroid that they sent that had the weapon on it. I see. Yes. So. From there, we're going to go forward about, uh, man, like 1.9 billion years to the space race. Space race. The space race. In October 4th, 1957, the Soviet Union Sputnik 1 is the first spacecraft to leave Earth. Uh, It orbits Earth for, I think it's an hour and a half and then comes back down. Uh, September 13th, 1959, the Soviet... Oh, wait, no, I fucked that up. We'll get to it. <laughs> September 13, 1959, the Soviet Union's Luna 2 is the first object on the moon. And then April 12, 1961, Soviet Union's Yuri Gagarin is the first human to orbit Earth on Vostok 1. And he stays up there for about an hour and a half, and then he comes back down. Ballsy human. Right. But also, Russia killed us in the space race. I don't think they talk about that enough. All we hear about of is... Of course not, yeah. <laughs> but all we hear about is this moment in time is July 20th, 1969. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins on Apollo 11 are the first humans on the moon. Which is right. awesome. We did, we did beat yes. them to that. That was like a big deal, though. We did beat them to that. Right, for big sure. Big I'm not going to say right, that's not a big deal. but tossing a human, and this is, I don't give a shit in the end, yeah. but like tossing a human in orbit is pretty fucking cool. It's pretty huge, especially it's for the first cool. time ever. Yeah. Especially in 1959, or 61. Yeah. Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I mean, I like that, I mean, America loves to talk about the first moon landing, <laughs> but they never want to talk about the first space orbit, but whatever. We but don't I, need to get into that. I want to take a quick moment and just like, they did that shit with computers who, like, their memory. fit on our phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. And now I use it to, when I'm shitting and I <laughs> Right, I need to scroll Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how the... I don't even know. Mighty, I'm How not falling. the turntables <laughs> turn. turn. How the turns have <laughs> dropped different. <laughs> uh, but moving on, we're going to go forward into the 21st century. Um, Earth is suffering from a, a an ecosystem that is just completely failing. Overpopulated. There's no jobs because of this overpopulation. And because of this ecological breakdown and the 
uh, no, and like no jobs happening, the world is becoming more unified. So they're becoming their globalization is happening, and they're looking to the United Nations as the main government. Uh, during this 21st century, we start actually settling on Mars and Luna, aka the Moon. So the first settlements ever to happen are going to be happening in the 21st century, according to this book. History. History. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so people continue to migrate there because shit sucks on Earth. Yeah. Like it's too many people. You don't have jobs. Shit's the, going to shit. The world sucks. There's so much pollution happening. And the only bad thing about it is that the traveling is taking a very long time. It still takes a long time to get to the moon. It still takes a long time to get to Mars. Well, and they have their own challenges. Like Mars right. does not have an atmosphere. The moon doesn't exactly. have an atmosphere. And they're still very reliant on the Earth to give them the yeah. supplies. Yeah. Moving on from that, eventually the UN does become the official ruling government of the Earth. The first elections take place for the Secretary General, which is the kind of like de facto ruler of Earth. Um, Mars eventually becomes self-sustaining. So at this point, Mars has created massive domes where people are living in. They're kind of like creating their own food. They're creating their own water. They're figuring things out. Again, this is probably 100 years after the first like settling. Um, Mars at this point is like, we want to be independent. There's no reason for us to be dependent on Earth anymore. We figured it out. But Earth, in its you know greatest form, says, fuck <laughs> you, you can't have your independence. And if we've learned anything from history, that's how it always is. Any, anytime anyone wants independence, they're like, no, you can't. Yeah, it's like the old Brits with America, am I right? Exactly. The old redcoats. Well, honestly, yeah. the, actually, funnily enough, the Mar the Martian people, pe Martian people, Jesus Christ, I'm drunk. The, the, Martian, the Martian people actually compared their uh, fight for independence to the Revolutionary uh, War. Yeah. So... During this time, while they're fighting for independence, we discover the Epstein Drive. Yeah, baby. The Epstein Drive is the main force of the uh, Expanse universe. The, the Epstein Drive is created by a man named uh, Solomon Epstein, obviously. Uh, he's an engineer who, grew, who was born and bred on Mars. And in his free time, he was working on this fusion drive that would potentially create uh, more uh, spatial expansion. And then during this time, he figures it out. He is in his personal space yacht, flies out in it, turns on this fusion drive, and this fusion drive ends up going so fast that it actually kills him because of how strong it is. Is that in the book? That's yes. something I watched some, it's in the, the show and I couldn't remember. Yeah. I thought the show doing that was one of the cringiest parts of the show because they had him narrating his death. Yeah. It sounded like a like he wrote a book about it. I'm kind of okay with it because it, it makes sense for the... I mean, okay, so in the show they make it seem like he's making a video diary, which actually makes sense that he was like actually... I don't know, this. dude. It sounded like the narration was like post what happened to him. Right. So I kept thinking he was going to survive by the way the narration was. Yeah. And then he died and I was like, wait, what the, the fuck? The way I took it is it, it was like his last ditch effort to just like put his name out there while he was dying i guess was, man yeah maybe i read it wrong but. i mean the show definitely dramatized a lot more than the book does the book just the book just says that the epstein drive is the reason that we're here now yeah yeah, yeah. and that the spaceship is still flying like 130 gotcha. years later so but yeah the show definitely dramatizes it but i kind of see why they did it because to make it kind of like well i can understand the dramatization it. of it i yeah. just it seemed like he was narrating a documentary about how he discovered how he it and yeah. then he died, and then he died <laughs> i was yeah. like wait what but it's theorized that this so we work on gravity a lot in the show and i'm going to get into more gravity a little later on in the episode 
But yeah, what happens is, is the whole, this, yeah. yeah, it's a massive part of it. And he, so he figures out this fusion drive and he discovers the Epstein drive. And he dies because he suffers 7G, which is seven times normal Earth's gravity. So basically his body gets crushed while he discovers this amazing uh, scientific discovery. Um, the Epstein drive in this show is one of the few things that's actually like a not real thing. Yeah. But they still try to use real physics and science to Right, as to, like, much as they can. Going. It's something that has to be a part of the show so that it can be in space. Right. Or in the book as well. Right. But uh, 130 years later, his ship is still flying around the solar system because it's now just catching orbit and no one's going to stop it from coming. So it's the longest funeral ever. Uh, but this fusion drive utilizes magnetic coil exhaustion acceleration, which again, like I said, is a fake thing. Uh, but what was cool, there's actually a website, um, I can't remember, oh fuck, I wish I could remember the name. Google. No, I, I, it's, a, it's a specific website that talks about any rocket out there. Yahoo. I'm not going to do it right now. But <laughs> they actually go into the actual science of it, and three real physicists actually talk about like what this would be and how would it actually work, and they go into mathematics, and I tried to figure it out, and I couldn't figure it out, and that's probably why I don't remember it right oh, yeah, now. Oh yeah, we're not mathematicians. We're not mathematicians? <laughs> I, made, I made an outline about a sci-fi book, I can't figure that out. <laughs> Uh, but so this fusion drive, fusion drive is created and it completely opens up extraterrestrial travel. So like it makes it, it, the point of this drive is that they can travel faster and further with less fuel use. So to combat this, there's still the whole high G burn thing that comes up a lot in the books and the show. And to combat this high G burn, they use something called the juice. And the juice is a mix of uh, blood thinners, adrenaline, and medications. And the point of it is to tr- keep you from stroking out or having an aneurysm, which is just terrifying right. in thought. Yeah. Uh, but with that, the Epstein Drive is discovered on Mars. And Mars is like, <laughs> hey, Earth, we discovered something pretty cool. I bet you want a piece of it. And then Earth's like, what? And they're like, well, we'll give it to you if we get independence. And the Earth, being the Earth, is like, okay, fine. You have independence. Give us this drive. So... The Mars Congressional Republic is created, and also the MCRN, a.k.a. the Mars Congressional Republic Navy, is created as well. Which is a big part of... Huge part. The series. Yeah. And we now have two separate, what would you even call it, nationalities in the universe at this point? Governments. Governments, yeah. yeah. And yeah. now the entire solar system is completely opened up to travel now. So once the Epstein drive comes around, comes along, we see the asteroid belt is completely opened up to colonization and industrialization. So, like going to the moon and Mars was a big thing, but now thing. humanity within this world can go even further. anywhere within the solar system. Yeah. Essentially, and I mean, they can go further and, and faster than they ever have been before. And on top of that, they are now able to colonize these places on top of that so they can go even further than that. Like, they have the technology to live on the moon. They have the technology to live on Mars. Now that they can make it out further, they have the technology to live in those places, which is... I just love the idea of this book. I know. (laughs) It's It's so so cool. It's so fucking cool. But from this, what happens is that... So, asteroids get... Uh, colonized, mainly the larger asteroids, as in Ceres and Eros, which we will talk about a little bit later. Are then, those real asteroids? Yeah, they're real asteroids. That's cool. Every every asteroid and planet and moon that's talked about this is real. That's Ceres is like 
I can look it up the fact. Ceres is the biggest asteroid in the asteroid belt and takes yep. up like the majority of the total mass. If I'm not mistaken, it might be considered a dwarf planet, but I might be thinking it, of... you're right. No, it, you're correct. I, mean, I believe it is. It's yeah. Dwarf planet. Huh. But so the uh, so sorry, go ahead, Marty. Oh, hang on. Uh Yeah, it says one third of the asteroid of the total asteroid belt's mass is just in Ceres. Yeah. Wow. Yep. One third? One third. Yeah, one third it's of the whole asteroid. It's a massive asteroid. asteroid. That's, that's why it gets crazy. taken out of colonization. Which I don't, yeah, that's, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. But to, on top of all this colonization, they also are deciding to industrialize the asteroid world. So astro mining becomes one of the main parts of the economy of the solar system. So um, ice haulers are one of the main parts of the solar system because they are going around asteroids cutting off massive chunks of ice and then taking them to these uh, asteroids that are now populated to give them water because they can't get water from Earth. Uh, it becomes like a massive business, pretty much. And then on top of that, minerals and metals are being taken off of these asteroids to create spaceships. Mars takes advantage of this a lot because metals on asteroids are obviously a little bit more advanced than metals on Earth. Um, on top of that, Jupiter moons are colonized as well. Io, Europa, Callisto... And Ganymede also end up being like big colonizations in the universe. I've never been more galaxy. jealous in my life than <laughs> in these books when someone on Ganymede is looking out of like the dome to Jupiter and they. I, Jupiter was my favorite planet as a kid. Yeah. And I always wanted to go there. I thought it was and so Ganymede cool. is cool as hell. We're going to get into Ganymede a little bit more detailed yeah. in a little bit, but man, that Ganymede is, is a cool place. Is biggest moon i believe yep right? it's the biggest moon in the soul in the soul system oh wow yeah, yeah that's cool. you know do you know what all jupiter's moons are named after uh is it's not greek gods it is yeah okay so it's so jupiter is zeus yeah um and all of and zeus if you know anything about greek mythology zeus just cheated on his wife constantly yeah he was a horny bitch uh <laughs> jupiter has 60 something moons and I believe all of them are named after other people he's had sex with. No moon is named after his wife. Good God. That's not surprising to me. It's pretty funny. And then <laughs> yeah. NASA NASA <laughs> sent uh, a space probe to Jupiter. It got there, I think. I think it arrived there four years ago, maybe three years ago. And the space probe's name was Juno, which is Zeus's wife's name. So, like, NASA was making a joke, like, oh, we're sending like, Juno to what's go going on? Zeus, <laughs> yeah. like, mistresses. <laughs> pretty funny. But it's, Man, do you remember those are... videos from Jupiter? We watched them one time in yeah, my so, apartment. That's what I was going to say. So, I showed you those videos once, and those are from that Juno spacecraft. So like, That's awesome. Only, it's only, and that was, like, what, like, three, four years ago? Like, yeah. that's, like, the most, like, like, we only have these super high-def, pictures of jupiter like within the past three or four years and it's pretty it's pretty amazing you can like yeah if anyone's interested just type in juno photos you know jupiter, nasa yeah. or whatever jupiter whatever you gotta do to figure it out and it's just it's so cool they're beautiful like it's yeah. magical yeah. what it shows they're wild and i can never travel there i gotta live forever man to go to jupiter i, I have mm. to go to jupiter they're also given that they're also called jovian moons yeah which the I like Jovian the system. Yeah. Anyway. I like yeah, it better yeah, yeah. that way. But. That's another name for Zeus. I've been reading the Iliad and they call Zeus Jovian. Jove. 
Oh, man, you reading the Iliad actually worked out a lot for this episode. I know, really. <laughs> yeah, they don't call him Jupiter. I think Jupiter is Zeus's Roman name. Zeus is his Greek name. I don't know what language Jove is, but in the translation I'm reading of the Iliad, they call Zeus Jove. Huh. So that makes sense. Jove. I don't know what's cooler, Jove. Zeus or Jove or I kinda, Jupiter. I like. The, I, I kind of think the funny thing about Jove Jupiter's is it feels badass. like a nickname. Like, hey, Jove, how you doing today? <laughs> hey, <Yeah. man>, Jove. <laughs> Like just a nice how neighbor. Things get, how things kicking, Jove? Who you fucking today, Jove? <laughs> uh, but with that said, uh, we're gonna take a quick break before we get into the rest because what the stuff we're gonna get into now is like the real thick of it. Right. So now that we we know that a, an alien sent some shit, the proto molecule got but caught it got by, Saturn. by Saturn. Now yeah. humans have gone to uh, the moon. And Mars, Mars, and, and also, now they have the Epstein Drive yes. and are going out. So we're to basically the colonized in every single way, shape, or form. Right. The the uh, the Earthen people have been migrating out to all over the place. With the creation of the Epstein Drive, more and more people actually left Earth because they're like, "Well, I can go even further." So everybody's leaving now. They're going to the Moon. They're going to Mars, or they're going to the Belt. And now, like millions of people are living on the stations now on right. these asteroids. That's so with what that, we're, we're going to leave off for a second. Yeah. 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 This is Purring Clean, your go-to ice hauler, serving all in the system. If you've got nothing and want a fresh start, send us a type meme. Let's talk. Pour it. Welcome back. We're gonna take Hello. a shot. We're gonna take a shot of Jameson. Of what? This new whiskey, Jameson. Oh, Jameson. The one that we found Jameson. in the woods. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was annoying. Someone told me it's hobo piss. Hey, Marty. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Clink, clinky, clink. Oh shit. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> so welcome back. Uh, so where we left off, um, at this point, the Epstein Drive has come full circle. People are migrating to not only the Astro Belt, but Mars and the Moon because it's a lot tr- quicker to travel. Uh, the Astro Belt has become industrialized and colonized, so people are using the Astro Belt for minerals and metals, and they're selling it. Or they're getting some like massive ice shards and they're selling them to the colonies within the belt to make some money off of that and also just hydrate some people. Um, so this situation, so throughout the entire colonization of the solar system, the UN and the MCR are not happy with each other for a long time. They hate there each other. There is a rivalry, especially after the Epstein Drive situation. There is like the rival gets very heated. And that starts the UNMCR, a.k.a. the United Nations and Martian Congressional Republic Cold War. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Uh, one of the worst massacres in all of history happens at the Anderson Station. Which is a big part of the series in Huge general. part of the yeah. series, which is why I'm bringing it up now. So, if you are going to listen to anything Expanse, this is a good episode to listen to because it's going to warm you up to anything that happens. That's kind of why I'm bringing it up now. The Anderson Station Massacre. 
uh, on Anderson Station. So this is a space station within the belt. Um, it's not attached to any asteroid or moon. It's just a station floating around, and it has workers working on. It has belt of workers that are they're getting abused, and they're being kind of taken advantage of to work. They're being underpaid, abused, whatever you can think of. So these these belters decide to um, cause make a strike. And they kind of take they take the station hostage. Within the process of taking the station hostage, they accidentally murder the station master. When this happens, the UNN, aka the United Nations Navy, blockades AKA the station. Earth. AKA Earth blocks blockades the station, branding them as terrorists. So we got no communication coming in. We got no food or water coming in. And by the end of this whole situation, the Anderson station. Uh, what we call them protesters, they surrender because they're like, we're not going to, like, this is not going to happen. But unfortunately, their surrender is ignored by Fred Johnson from the UNN, and they are completely obliterated and destroyed. They all die. They all die. They all surrender, and then they all die because Fred Johnson kills them all. He kills them all. And this, so this, and this is it, this is the first real... Like, there are other situations where people were killed in the solar system, but this is the first real massacre of a mass amount of people in the solar system. So this is, like, a big moment. In space. In space. <laughs> yeah. The guy's name is Fred Johnson. Fred, Fred Johnson. Johnson. And it's one of... And, sorry, go ahead, Marty. It's just really... It's just not <laughs> a name I'd expect someone like that to have. Right. But it, this is... I mean, the reason it's such a big deal is is not because of how bad the casualties are. It's just the fact that this is, like, the first major, like, attack on human beings in the soul system. So, like... So, Fred Johnson is then labeled the butcher of Anderson Station. And it kind of sticks with him for a very long time. Now, the next historical moment is probably the most important moment for the entire series, if we're going to really talk about it. The MCR, a.k.a. the Martian Repu- the Mar- Martian Congressional Republic, they land on the uh, Saturn moon Phoebe, which we have recently talked about very quickly. Yep. Uh, and they go on there to, and they're kind of surveying it for ice mining. They want to go check it out. They want to get see how well it is to like get some ice hauling going on. And they discover silicate samples, a.k.a. samples that are like covered in salt. They're a little bit sketched out by this. So, like, this is a little bit odd. Why the hell did we see this? So, they bring in the company Protogen. Protogen is a private company from Earth. Um, they're known for their security on Eros, which is another asteroid in the asteroid belt. But they're also also known for their scientific research. Protogen comes in, and they're like, ooh, ooh, this looks kind of fun. And they say, yeah, Mars, we'll take it. Don't worry about it. You can fuck off. Like, we got this. Fuck off, Mars. Fuck off, yeah. Mars. Fuck off, Mars. So, with fucking off of Mars, fuck they off, build Mars. a research station and they discover the protomolecule, which we talked about earlier in the episode. But what is the protomolecule? But what is the protomolecule? We're really, it's still a little bit meh about the protomolecule. You don't know. It's it's a it's very up in the air. Is it volatile? Was it supposed to be? Well, it is volatile, but was it supposed to be an act of aggression? We're not really sure. All the all the protogen figures out is that it's sent by an, an alien civilization, and protogen is like we're gonna try to like build off of this. It's pretty much all we know. So that brings us to the present. The present. The present. With our wonderful characters in the expanse. With our characters. 
Brad we're not going to get into the characters. We're not going to get into the characters. We're going to get into the universe. We're going to get into the universe. Marty God, get... why are you talking about characters, man? <laughs> I, I, on it, I wanted to talk about the characters in this episode, but I was like, we're going to be talking about a lot of the books at some point, and I want to save them for the Yeah, books. Marty, we're saving it for the books. Okay. God. Yeah. Marty just wants to get into the characters. Yeah, Marty, get it together. God damn it. Marty. Are you tired? I want to learn about the characters. Marty, are you tired? Are you tired? I want to learn about Fred Johnson and the guy with the fedora. <laughs> so, oh, fedora. Oh, man. fedora man. Eh, that was like who knows. I only watched the first episode, but I just thought it was silly how like that was like his thing. His thing was a fedora. That was like his whole. In the book, stick. he wears a fucking what's it called? What's that hat called? I don't remember. The round guy. I can't remember what it's called. Bowler. No, maybe. Whatever. That's not important right now. What we're talking about is the present universe of the these present guys. universe, Marty. We're not talking about characters. Shut up, Marty. God. So this guy's he's in the present universe. Yeah, I know, but we're talking about the universe, not him. So we're talking. We talking Damn about? it! So, like I said, we're gonna be talking about this in three different sections. Earth, Mars, the belt. Which I'll talk about what the belt is. The asteroid. Ryan's belt? belt? No, the asteroid belt. So we have Earth. Earth is currently in decline. It's overpopulated. There's no jobs. Half of the population live on something called basic, which is basically a... (laughs) Basically just like a universal income, but it's absolute shit. Most people are living homeless because of it. Um, But on top of that, it's still the only place that you can actually breathe fresh air and actually experience like real like grass and water and whatnot. I also didn't... So did you get the sense in the books... That basic was like all that bad. No. Okay. Because only in the show did I get this sense yeah. that it was like, oh, you're homeless. So funny you say that. So so from when I was doing research for this episode, the whole like, so the book doesn't do a good job of actually like talking about. Yeah, it. The show it does a better job. But um, I can't remember which of the two writers talks about this, but they even they in an interview they talk about the status of Earth and basic and, like, the overpopulation. Gotcha. So they go in a little more detail within the interview, which is, like, you know, a bit of a cop-out because it's a book. But, like, you know, I mean, there's so much... But the whole point is, like, they were talking about how, like, most of the population is kind of struggling. They're, like, they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It wouldn't have been that hard to throw in. <laughs> to the point, I don't know. <laughs> they had opportunities. Yeah. yeah. It's fine in the end. It's not, like, the most important part of the book, but... No. But that's, I mean, like we've talked about a lot with The Expanse, most of the story is about the story. It's yeah, not about the it's war about the, the story. background and stuff yep. like that, so. I thought but we're talking about the universe. We're talking we about are. the universe! Shut up, Marty! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, the present, the UN, overpopulated, no jobs, half the population is living on this universal basic income that isn't doing so great, but it's still the only place that you can go to get some fresh air and, like, regular gravity. Um, they still have the the largest navy around in regards to space, so they still have the the more sh- they have more ships than anybody else in in the solar system. We're they the still it's only plan with it's only only ones with water. No, I, when I say oh. navy, I mean like space navy. Oh, like a space yeah. force. Yeah, like they have the space force. Yeah, the global space force. Yeah, they call the. the Let's Army. not call it the space force because there was a <laughs> specific politician that brought up the space force pretty recently, and I'm not trying to like. Now, can I throw out there real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty. I'm okay with the space force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I one thing. I'm like, I'm yeah. okay with the space force. 
Why not? I have when a space needed, force. When it's needed, it's not needed. Oh, come on. Get out of here. I'm ah. fight. Come on. What I think is, yeah, I agree with Chad. What I think is funny just is just like how like he just like propped it up like oh, <laughs> space force. Well, the like, funny thing is, like, stupid fucking <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> just like the same, like he just trying to get people to think like, oh yeah, that's cool. Just like, like, kind of like monster trucks, like the same way that like monster trucks are cool, you know? Like or or like, I WWE. agree with that one thousand percent. I think that's why they named it the fucking Space Force. Right. Do, do you the same like, reason, like our our his COVID plan was Operation Warp Speed. Like, <laughs> what? That's not even a. That's not a real thing. That's like a sci-fi term. Oh god! He's just oh, using my... it because it sounds like. <laughs> do you remember? Really do you remember like the actual speeches that he made? He's like, "We're making a space force." <laughs> yeah. God. With that said, I'm cool with the space force. <laughs> no, I'm cool with it too, but it just. If yeah, it's done yeah. in the right way. Oh well, yeah, but. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so, so Earth. <laughs> Earth is kind of struggling, but they're still, again, they've got the biggest space navy, a.k.a. Space Force. Uh, and then on top of that, they still supply a lot of the system for anything, really. Food, air, water, they're still supplying most of the system for that. But the ecosystem is still recovering. There is something I want to mention that is a little bit odd, but also kind of makes sense, is that there's the um, family co-op that is a new thing oh, yeah. in the future. So family co-op is kind of a it's a multi-marriage of people so like eight different people can all get married together for different reasons so some of the (laughs) (laughs) reasons some of the reasons some of the reasons would be like so um it's brought up in the books where um alex mentions he says he's he's like you know people do this because people go to war and they don't want to be alone so they have more people in their marriage a lot of people do it for economical reasons because they get tax breaks um, our main character, James Holden, his family is a family co-op and they do it for tax reasons. And the tax reasons actually give them the ability to have like acres of land that they own in Montana. So there's a reasons yep. to have family co-op. Now, when you have a child well, in family co-op. Hey, 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 you know where, you know where all our minds are going. What's going else going on here? You okay, know, hold just on. Live together and so, share taxes or no. are they all? No, they don't need to live together. It's all more of a genetic thing if they have i mean it doesn't even need to be genetic if they have children all of them just kind of like give their dna and then someone carries the child and that child has like eight people's dna right so it's a part of the universe that like the kid that they have has all of their dna yeah it's not that that they have to do what how does that work you fucking sci-fi i don't know do they i mean they do some of that shit now i mean like you talk about um what's it called uh, in 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 virtual in, in virtual like in, in, that's not the right. One. I don't know what right, it is. But they're not actually mixing. You're not actually infusing different gametes. Right. Like, you're not like again. You're not gonna, like combine three dads into one. Like, right. But one this is also. But but again, this is also like you know two hundred three hundred years in the future. Yeah, they're saying they have the technology to do yeah. that now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like our main character, James Holden, he has eight parents. So it'd be almost like, like all of the dads had sex with each other, like their sperm cells had sex with each other, and then their sperm cell baby goes and has sex with another egg baby. Of if that's them. how you need to look at it, fine. If that's yeah. what you need, dude. Pretty much all of their DNA just goes <laughs> into like a uh, 
No, Marty, what happens? No, Marty, what happens is there's a massive circle jerk. They all drink up <laughs> in one cup. And then they and then and then all four women get together and then it's just separated and then they bring it together. I need everyone who's listening, open up your open up your old biology textbooks, go into the chapter on meiosis. And so you can understand how none of this makes sense to me. I don't oh, know. you know, okay. So this Marty, is Marty. Do you know what an Epstein? Like, see, this is the reason why uh, Marty's good Epstein for this is, podcast and bad for this podcast <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So the UN is the ultimate government of the of Earth, but it's still made up by like a bunch of like little factions of the. There's like a bunch of little factions that make up the UN. So we're still looking at, like, a main government, but it's kind of similar to, like, there's Democrats and Republicans, but it's even more. We're looking at, like, multiple little governments that are making up one. Because we're talking about, like, an entire world government coming together. I'm sure there was alliances made. Um, Some governments uh, still resist the UN. They specifically mention Afghanistan's government. They resist the actual, like... UN itself being a global government, which makes a lot of sense. You're never, you're not going to have a government without a little bit of pushback. Um, the Secretary General, like we mentioned before, they are the leader of the UN, so they are the one making the main decisions. Um, Luna, the moon, is uh, has become more of a colony. So originally it was made for um, scientific and military purposes, but now it's mainly a con- uh, a colony. Uh, it's a hub for travel and commerce. So like. The entire planet or moon of Luna is a lot richer than a lot of places in the solar system. A Which lot. Luna is just our moon. We, yeah. You've mentioned that. but Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I probably should have said that a little bit more. But they are making a lot more money than Earth. There's not a lot going on with Earth, especially with the basic economy going on. So a lot of them are making money off of the minerals of, of the moon. And also there's a lot of people coming on uh, from Earth to the solar system. Um, the moon is viewed as kind of like a go-to between Earth and the rest of the solar system. So, like, people coming from Earth, the first place they're stopping is the moon, and then they're going to the rest of the system. Or people are coming from the system, going to the moon, and then finally going to Earth. So it's seen as, like, kind of a symbolic, like, entrance to the system, right. and also a symbolic entrance to Earth. The moon itself, most of the infrastructure is actually underground because the radiation from the sun is too much, so you can't handle the domes that would happen on regular planets like Mars and other places. Uh, Mars is kind of one of the, one of the more interesting parts about the expanse. Um, it started with the best scientists on Earth from all over, so like you have East Indians, the Chinese, and Texans coming in to Mars, so like... As the years go by, these people kind of interact and they, you know, procreate. So you have, like, East Indian people having, like, a Texas drawl. Or you have Texan people having, like, a Chinese accent and, like, vice versa One all over. One of my favorite parts of this series is that they mix uh, so many different ethnicities mm-hmm. together. And then the idea of having, like, a communal child yeah like the idea of uh sexuality like doesn't exist you mm-hmm. can love women you can love men you can they never bring it up men and they women never bring it up yeah it's not a question no it's just what you've decided to do right it's it's pretty cool that they 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 put it out there in this book in this series as just like not a question. Yeah. They don't make it a staple of the book. They right. don't make it a thing where they're saying like, oh yeah, 
we're being super progressive by right. saying this is a thing. And on top of that, like the, they, diver- the diversity as well. Like, right. The it's all the religion, in the background. It does not matter. It's yeah. in the background. <laughs> and rightly so in the background yeah. where it's just a normal The biggest ex- discrimination thing. that they have now is, oh, you're from the asteroid belt. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're Nothing from else or, yeah. from Earth that we deal with right now yeah. matters. So moving on, we have Mars, a.k.a. the Mars Congressional Republic. Oh, I just fucking said that. Oh my god, I'm so drunk. <laughs> so Mars is on the rise right now, though. They are scientifically and technologically more advanced. So when we're talking about scientifically and technologically more advanced, they have the best Who's spaceships. They have the best spaceships in the solar system. Like they, like the fact that they brought the best scientists over has continued a hundred years later, generations later. So they have the best station, the best spaceships in the entire solar system. Um, that's something that uh, Earth is threatened by. Threatened like Mars has the biggest navy, but the technology is way behind the Mars technology. On top of that, Mars is also have has the motivation to be better than the rest of the solar system. So they are focusing on terraforming. So terraforming, for anybody that doesn't know, is attempting to make Mars livable and breathable. So they're basically trying to grow trees on Mars. And by growing these trees on Mars, they're going to make it breathable, livable, and basically Earth 2.0. That's like the driving force of Mars. And that's kind of why they're so motivated to be better than Earth by this like scientific advancement and like everything else. I think terraforming is awesome. The idea that they have of creating an atmosphere on Mars. Yeah. And the fact that in the book, so in the books, they make it a known thing that it's like a generational. Oh, yeah. They so project. Terraforming is not something that's going to be, they say that it's not going to be completed within 100 years. So the people on Mars, though, they're so dedicated to it that they want like the next generation to actually experience the terraforming that right. they've actually done. So they're working hard for their next generation yeah. to be able to live on Mars. Yeah. However, spoiler, it We're comes into it. an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows if We're they're going to be able to do that. That's the thing that... Oh, man. Yeah, we'll get into the whole situation with Mars because Mars is a very... Mars is interesting on a, like a sus, uh, sociological level. There's like a very interesting dynamic with Mars because also at this time, while the terraforming project is the main motivation for Mars, there's honestly a downturn on that. Like people are like, we've been living in bubbles for a long time. Why would I continue to work for this if I'm comfortable here? So there's still like a downturn, but people are still motivated to do it. But there's more that happens in the series, which you'll need to check out in the next episodes. Which Sam needs to read more of, honestly. Yeah, I need to read more. But... Moving on. Moving on. The asteroid belt. We AKA have Earth. the we belt. We have Mars and now we have the belt. The belt. The Which, belt is the most interesting the part most of this whole series. Hundred percent yep. coolest people, most interesting people. I'm gonna call it the Astro Belt, the Belt slash the OPA, the OPA, aka the Outer Planet Alliance. Which give me a second, I'll. Which Marty, I think you're gonna like the OPA. Like the, the OPA. idea of the OPA is really Pretty cool. Dope. But okay. we have. So we have the Belters. The Belters are the people who live in the Astro Belt. 
They're tall and thin due to the low gravity out in the uh, Astro Belt. So the Astro Belt just has way lower gravity than the inner planets, as in Earth. The so is that why, Mars. like, I remember in the first episode, there's a scene with, like, the Fedora guy and yeah. the, his, like, deputy in a bar. And the, basically, like, the Fedora guy didn't say this exactly, but the whole scene was like, hey, look at all these freaks. Like, the Fedora guy was pointing to that guy, and he was like, check out that freak. And then he pointed at this other guy, he's like, look at that freak. And then, like, he was, like, pointing out all of, like, their physical deformities and he was yeah. saying look at all these freaks is that yeah. have something to do with this so yeah so everybody so p- pretty much i mean in the books miller is one of those freaks so he's like tall and like very lanky and skinny because the gravity oh, yeah, wait. has in the like show they show him them. something what, what, he has a specific thing on the show they show are you talking about the tattoos maybe he's pointing this one freak and the other freak is like look at your Look at look what you got going on. And he oh shows, like, yeah 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 okay so yeah he shows his back and his back is kind of like scrunched up a little bit. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So so that yeah that goes with the belt the belt the belters kind of look so in the book. In the book. Well, this is the show. Right. I'm saying yeah. like let's. I would like let's describe what's in the book first. Right. Because so the, the show book, doesn't do it justice. Right. So in the, yeah. So in the book, which it would be hard to do it the justice. Belter, the belters are like stretched out. So they're tall and skinny and lanky because the way the gravity has affected their bodies building up, their bodies haven't been able to grow properly, which makes a lot of sense. So any belter that you see, they're going to be like a lot taller than any regular human being. And they're also going to be very like, like thinned out. And they have um, a large head. And they have, yeah, and they have a big head because heads don't change, apparently. But uh, in the show, it's a little harder to tell because... Right. how do you do that without being You can't really weird. do that. They do a pretty decent job, though. They get a lot of, like, a- like actors who are tall and skinny, but for this specific purpose, yes. They're, like, tall and skinny and lanky. Um, Naomi Nagata, who's one of the main characters, she is a belter, and she is... They mention all the time how much she towers over the main character, James Holden. She's, like over six foot tall super skinny and lanky like she's you know very tall through the years they developed their own language and hand signals to communicate in space so with their not only with their own language but because they're out in space so much and they're usually ice hauling or picking up minerals and metals they're usually they're in like space suits yeah Yeah. and they can't talk to each other so they have to develop almost sign language to figure out what's going on Which is real. That's actually one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is like the fact that they included the. I mean, not sign language, but the idea that like if you're in a spacesuit, you have to have like certain signals to tell right. shit. I thought that was cool. Before we get even into more of this, we're gonna take a quick break. Oh, thank God. Because I, I gotta pee. Pee. We'll be right back. You've never had whiskey like this before. It'll change your whole genetic makeup. Protomolecule whiskey. Let's change your DNA. As we were talking about... Wait. Were we talking? Or were we drinking some Jameson? <laughs> okay, before we get back into the <laughs> Cheers. We're taking another shot. Shots of Jameson. <laughs> God, that is gorgeous. Wow, it's so good. It feels like gold running down your throat. The best gold. But anyway, so we were talking about how 
The Bout had their own language and signals to communicate in space. Uh, but the belt, Bataloda. <laughs> but the belt is still run by the inner planets, aka Earth and Mars. So a lot of the Astro Belt is, well, all the Astro Belt is owned by Earth or Mars or both. And owned is such a strong word. I mean, it's such a strong word, but that is exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, they own it. They exploit them. They abuse them yeah, so yeah. bad. It's, I mean, it's it's very bad. And with this exploitation, the OPA, a.k.a. The Outer Planets oh, wow. Alliance. The Outer Planets Alliance. Thank you for doing that because I immediately forgot about <laughs> it. They are founded and they fight for the Belter rights. So the OPA is, is, they are divided up into many different factions. And depending on your views, they are either a socio-political group or a terrorist organization. Oh, or fine. a little bit of both. Or a little bit of both. Because sometimes... It runs They're up. Both, yeah, yeah. yeah, it runs into each other. It's very similar to our current climate of yeah. yeah. So, one of those people who is a part of the OPA and has his own organization is Fred Johnson. Which we talked about Fred earlier. Johnson. Freddie Johnson. Freddie Johnson. Freddie Johnny. Freddie Johnny J. Freddie FJ. J. Johnson. The F-J-O-P-A. I still can't believe they did oh, that. that oh, please. Crazy. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but anyways, after that weird part of Chad. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> God damn it. But anyways, so the asteroids. You might be wondering, what the fuck makes the asteroids livable? Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, I'm also glad they asked. <laughs> yeah, how do so, they live there? So we're going to get into a little more physics for uh, a couple of the different things. Yeah. So the asteroids themselves, they work on something called reaction drives. So the Tyco Station, or Tyco Manufacturing, which was one of the first engineering companies in the solar system. Which is one of the huge. most important things for the Very Belters, important. because it is Belter-built yeah. and Belter-controlled. By Fred Johnson. The fuck it's not! It's originally actually from Earth. Oh, but I'm saying like... Oh, you're saying right now. Yeah, yeah no, no, for sure. It's absolutely right. Belter right. Control. Which we're going to get to in a right. second. Yeah. You're right. All right, you're wrong, right, too. You're right, too. You're right, too. Whatever. But, so the asteroids themselves, they use reaction drives to create gravity. So they use... So the what these reaction drives do is they have... Jets propulsion on the outside of the asteroid, and they spin at a certain speed, and this speed creates centrifugal force, and that centrifugal force creates gravity. Now, depending on where you are on these asteroids, the gravity is greater or lesser. So, if you're in the middle of the of the station, you're going to have less gravity. If you're in the outer part of the station, you're going to have more gravity because your spin is more. Right. The it's most like gravity. Sorry, you're go on ahead. that ride that uses the gravitron. And exactly, it's exactly the drive. I watched okay. videos on this, and that was that they brought up. What's the gravitron? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, gravitron. You know the gravitron? Awesome. What are you, you talking about? Spin? You go on the attic, oh and it God. spins, and you just kind of like lay on a wall, and it like. Yeah. Oh, that fucking like. It's on a fair. No, yeah, fuck that shit. I would never do that. Okay, but it's not that much gravity. I would throw up. It's 0.3% of Earth's gravity. I'm so. just saying I would I would throw up. But that's why Beltalodas. 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 They look the way that they do because it's like a quarter of Earth's gravity huh. and that's why they kind of stretch out that way. 
But some of the main we're gonna talk about some of the main asteroids of the belt itself. Uh, we have Pallas and Vesta, which are not the main places, but then you have Ceres, which is one which is the biggest like it's it's like the most important station of the asteroid belt. Which beginning with the expanse, it's yeah. controlled by Earth, correct? Yes. Yes, yeah. yes absolutely. It's you could contend that it's still controlled by Earth in a way. Oh, it is. It, like yeah. the security. The Star Helix. Yeah. yeah they're, but they're, at this point, for what we're talking about, yeah, it's controlled by Earth. Um, it is. There is six million people on this station. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, populated by six million people, and there's a million or more a day just because they're. Like posting up, they're passing through, delivering yeah, whatever they need. Do we know how big this fucking asteroid actually is? It's a, uh, it's not Phoebe size, but it's. But like compared massive. to Earth, how big is this fucking thing? If it's one third of the mass of the asteroid, I wish I would have looked it up a little bit better. But um, I got it. I got so okay, and we got our people <laughs> on it. Anyways, so Ceres is actually owned by Earth. Uh, the security system is owned by Star Helix, which is an Earthen company, which is also the company that are one of our main characters, Miller, works for. <laughs> can, can I, just for a second, explain how Google has explained to me how big Ceres is? Please do. Ceres radius is just 296 miles. If Earth were the size of a nickel... Ceres would be the about as big as a poppy seed. Why would they do that? I don't know. <laughs> like just yeah, I just give me... so Earth is twenty-seven times larger in diameter. That's... Dude, that's okay. a way better. Ver... That's like that gives yeah, me a that way makes better way idea. Way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the economy on Ceres is mainly shipping. So anything that comes through Ceres is going to somewhere else, and that's where they're making their money. Ceres is also known for their expensive docking fees. That's like one of their big things. And then the next main uh, asteroid that I want to talk about, asteroid station, is Eros. Eros has a population of 1.5 million people and is jointly owned by Mars and Earth. It's used mainly as like ship repair and a place for people to kind of like take it easy and then they can go ahead and uh, hang out with the brothels and the casinos and the shooting galleries due to the cheaper docking fees. And... They're a big reason about why this series is so fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> so if you're interested in the expanse, Eros is gonna become a big thing. Eros is a big deal. And it's oh, yeah. so fun. And I wish we could talk more about it without spoiling. Well, we could spoil, but let's wait until we do an episode right. on the first book. That's what I wanna go with too. Yeah. So two people who listen. Who I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> but go ahead and either watch it or read it. Read it. Don't watch it. Read it. Watch it too. Do both. Why the fuck? Don't be don't be weird about it. Just read it. Just watch it. Read it. Anyways, the last place I want to talk about. Well, a couple. The last two places I want to talk about is Ganymede. Ganymede is a Jupiter moon. Uh, it's the only moon with any magnetosphere. A magnetosphere is the ability to deflect radiation. Oh. Yes. Interesting. So, large mirrors are actually placed around the moon so to deflect the sun's light onto this moon. Uh, it's the only place where dome crops are able to survive. Uh, and then eventually it becomes the biggest food producer in the belt because 
nowhere else actually gets that much light from the sun. They don't have as much radiation, so they actually end up supplying the rest of the solar system. Which, in the books, is a big deal, which we'll get to when we read those books. Shut up! I've already read the books! Not you! I've read the books! Marty, shut up! No, Marty, come on, man! You said it! I'm tired. I'm not, I didn't say anything. Oh, Marty's tired. (laughs) Wow, he admitted it. He admitted it. So that's what The Expanse is. The Expanse deals with Earth as the UN, Mars as the, what is it? Hey, 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 wait, 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 let me, let me summarize it. All right, summarize it. Go ahead. All right, so I've not read the show or the book, so we got the solar system. Yeah. We call it the solar system. Yeah. Yep. You have Earth. It's polluted. Uh, it's overpopulated. Uh, it, it's everyone left to go to Mars. Not everyone, but some people did. And Earth is now everyone lives on basic, uh, yep. and they supposedly get free money from the government, but still yep. complain about it. Yeah. Well, it's and, not good money. Okay. Um, <laughs> Don't add the part. They still live on a verdant <laughs> planet with water and greenery, and they still complain True. about that. Okay. Oh. Well. Uh, they all um, mix their sperms together and make like. <laughs> Like, 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 that's not an important part. Like, the sperms have sex with each other first, and then the eggs have sex with each other, and then the, those babies have the sperm babies and egg babies have sex with each other, and you have like a you have this real, like, um, this weird mixing going on. Uh, he pretty much you, has it. <laughs> you have Mars, which is run by the Martian, uh, MCRN. Of governments, yes, congressional, and congressional republic. Yeah. They uh, live in domes, and they're trying to terraform uh, yes. and make the future a better place for their gen- their uh, their their future generations. And they're in a cold war with Earth. Uh, <laughs> Earth uh, seems like they kind of want to keep keep uh, Mars under their thumb, but Mars is becoming more of a sovereign nation. And you have the Belters. They live in the um, they're part of the Astro Belt. Asteroid Belt, but they're OPA. part of the they call themselves the OPA. what? OPA. OPA, OPA, <laughs> Outer Planetary Alliance. They um, harvest ice. They are tall and uh, big heads. <laughs> two hours. They uh, use centripetal force to keep they, themselves in place. They do. And Fred Johnson is a dick. <laughs> oh, no, see, I like Fred Johnson. No, nah, you know what? We'll get to the Fred Johnson situation in the book. Shit. Shit. Oh, okay. Fred Johnson does kind of suck, but I like him. I did a bad job summarizing that. No, no, you actually No, no actually, that was actually, like, really good, honestly. Was that good? No, that yeah, was, you, that was you perfect. You did a great job. For the amount of oh, bullshit thanks. that we have done this episode, that was actually a very good summary. Yeah, that was oh, wow. really okay. concise, and yeah. you, you nailed it. That was way less drunk really? than what we did. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was really But impressive. yeah, that's the expansion universe. All right, and we're going to move on. We're going to get to the... the the first this is the start of the Expanse series. Yeah. We're going to we're going to continue the series. We're going to be talking about all of it because the Expanse books are great. We're going to start a little more sober next time. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We definitely got a little out of control this time. We got a little out of control. It's not my fault. It's, it's not my fault. Those, it's is it your fault? Woods. Look, 
If you listen to this podcast, you ask to, for this. I'm not, no. Listen. No, hold on. No, hold on. I'm not going to say that we're going to be less drunk for the next episode. The whole point of this podcast is to be drunk. I'm not doing this. Hey, man. I'm going to start less drunk next time. I'm going to start more drunk. Mm. I'm going to start right in the middle. <laughs> Party is Goldilocks. Look, all I'm saying, if you didn't enjoy this episode because we were drunk, Fuck off! Fuck off! <laughs> and if you did enjoy this episode because we were drunk... Fuck on! Fuck on! <laughs> oh, man, guys. But, with that said, uh, if you like us, and you got a question for us, uh, if you got a question or something you like, message us on our social media and email. Uh, subscribe to Liquor Lore on Twitter, or Liquor underscore and underscore lore. Or email us at liquor, letter N, lore, at gmail.com. And uh, send us your questions, what you want us to talk about. Use some criticism. We love criticism. Also, Especially underscore, this. underscore, ooh, underscore. Fuck you. What are you saying? Hey. Underscore, man. Don't forget to add me on World of Warcraft. Again, it's Kazan VIP number 1501. Guys. I think this might be the drunkest episode yet. Oh, 100%. I don't, I don't, know, even, I, I don't I, even know I, how we got through it. I don't even know what I just talked about. I don't think anyone's listening still, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Marty, <laughs> Who you, cares, though? Marty, do you, do you have your banjo handy? Or mandolin handy? <laughs> I'll play us out. Um, this is Liquor and Lore. We love you. We love you and we're drunk. Sorry. Let's take a shot. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. It'll be fun. It's fine. Someone will be happy about it. Just pour the shot. My parents listen to this. I don't. <laughs>